holiness coming his way. I don't know how many times I can say that the plot has thickened, but it is thickened. This is one thick plot. It's thick, like my thick daughter's like a bowl of oatmeal. It's like my daughter's oatmeal by three p.m. in the afternoon. That's oh. how thick it is. <laughs> you just leave it in the bowl in the sink. You disgusting, <laughs> nasty person. No, we leave it on the table. Leave it on the table, and then what? she just eats from it throughout the day. Oh my word! Is there milk in that oatmeal? Mage Talk is brought to you by Mage Mail. Keep your customers coming back with customer lifecycle email for Magento. Visit them online today at magemail.co. MageTalk is brought to you by MageMojo, a Magento hosting company. We know that you have a lot of options out there when it comes to Magento hosting. We want you to give MageMojo a try. Not only do they have the fastest SLA at 15-minute response time in the entire industry, but they will also pay to get you back on your old host if you don't like it. We want to give you this special offer, and you can get the code to get that special offer in the middle of the show. Thanks to MageMojo for their continued support of MageTalk. Mage Talk is brought to you by Commerce Hero. Finding a good Magento developer just got a whole lot easier. Visit them online at commercehero.io. Hello and welcome to Mage Talk Magento Community Podcast. And we're rounding out our week here uh, as we've been building up to Magento Imagine 2017. And this is Road to Imagine Week. And we've been asking you to make Mage Talk your playlist for your Road to Imagine. And this is kind of the culmination of it. So Today we present to you part two uh, of our interview with Bob Schwartz uh, from 47B and one of the uh, principal founders of Magento in the old days. Uh, We loved having him on. And uh, if anything, he really spilled the beans and dished the dirt. Uh, And we get right into it from the top, so we can't wait uh, for you to hear it. And uh, we want your feedback. And we want to hear what you think about these shows. And we want you to tune into Mage Talk Live. Uh, And the best way you can find out when that goes on here at Imagine is to subscribe to us on social media. Uh, So hit us up. Uh, We're slash Mage Talk at almost everything, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, And we'll be going live on YouTube at the first day of the conference, April 3rd, uh, at about uh, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. Uh, So make sure that you're plugged in and tuned on and make sure uh, that you're subscribed so that you don't miss a minute of the action. So without any further ado, let's get into the episode. Right, let me ask you a pointed question. Would uh, If you had to do it all over again, do you think you'd sell to eBay when you did? Okay, this is where I think I have to pull out the uh, voice scram. The voice masker. I'm pretty sure you're... Okay, so you're not allowed to talk about it. No, no, no. I... I there's other things I can't talk about. I, I think I can, um, this is a, this is a personal thing. So I, uh, I have in my short career, um, uh, I love building companies, not in, and when I say build doesn't mean necessarily start. Uh, I really love it. I love founders. Uh, I love scratching away at the founders, getting them back to the core and yeah. moving out from there. I've done it a lot of times. Um, uh, my intention is, you know, created probably over a billion and definitely over a billion dollars of shareholder value out there. Mm. I have a lot of founders who are multi-generationally wealthy. Uh, and it's not just because of me, but we did it, you know, in some part together. And I love, love, love doing that. And, and yes, some of that drops into my bank account. But uh, I just, I've never done it with the idea of I want to build and sell. Now, ironically, seven of the companies 
uh, all have ended in, trans in transactions in kind of a three to five year period. And uh, so it happens. It just happens. And my goal has always been I just want to build a great company. People used to come up and say, what's your exit plan? Or what do you, you know, what, what are you guys thinking? The capital partners started sniffing around. I'm like, if you want to build a relationship, build a relationship with us. We don't want capital. Uh, we have no exit plan. It's just build a great company. Someday, if somebody wants to write us a, you know, put a check in front of us, we'll talk about what that means at that moment. And, um, uh, you know, Truth be told, when the PayPal money came in, uh, you know, that was uh, very meaningful to Roy and Yoav, uh, which was fantastic. And these guys, hmm. you know, uh, they came up with a just a, a phenomenal, you know, product timing. Everything that they did was fantastic. And uh, then we, you know, and that was they were, you know, they were individually, you know, set up. Pretty, this is a pretty good win for them, uh, really good win for them. Uh, really good win for most humans. Um, and then, you know, year, you know, sometime down the road, what happened was Magento was growing so quickly and PayPal was in it, eBay was in it, and they were watching us. They didn't own it all. Um, there were covenants in it where we pretty much could, in essence, sell to anybody. They couldn't control us. Mark was, you know, uh, you know, they had a board seat, but we had infinite board seats. And uh, for a bunch of different reasons, Mark technically wasn't uh, a board member uh, just because I think it was an eBay issue. And, but he was there with us. And, um, uh, and PayPal came and Roy and I talked about it. It was probably the only – it was the hardest conversation Roy and I had. Roy was a student of .com 1. Yeah. Closed. And, uh, and Roy saw uh, a lot of founders – you know, kind of buying the hubris out there and, you know, uh, and the hubris is, gee, golly, your company's worth X and it's going to be worth Y and everybody else's company is worth X and Y and not really looking at those numbers and going, wow, that's a big number. I should get out, <laughs> right? And Roy, and Roy saw, I think, I, I know Roy saw from just kind of, I'm going to assume, I'll assume this. We, we didn't have too many outward conver or, or conversations about this. I, I, I believe Roy, as a student of dot-com one, saw enough of those guys. He saw people, um, founders, guys and gals, you know, who had half a billion dollar valuation, a billion dollar valuation. Yeah. They said, nope. And then next thing they know is they, they fell in half. It's a half a billion dollars. And they said, nope, we can get back to a billion. And they fell all the way down to nothing. And uh, this, you know, selling to eBay, um, you know, was a multi-generational thing really for, for Roy and certain, you know, in part for, uh, for Yoav. And uh, it was the only thing I wouldn't, I loved eBay. I knew John Donahoe. I got it. I understood it. And if there's a place to sell, uh, that certainly was one. Uh, there was a private equity firm that did a great job building a very close relationship with us that I wanted to come in and kind of write the same check and do the same thing. Hmm. But it was left us um, solely in control. Right. And, uh, and we would have, you know, still retain some ownership of it. And uh, I would have probably preferred to go that route. But Roy actually, you know, Roy and I were really close. We had some real honest conversations about this. And it was right. We were freaking exhausted. And the and Roy had, you know, this was <laughs> this was Roy's first job. And I think seeing the inside of a, you know, a Fortune 500 company or whatever eBay is from a size standpoint, I think was fascinating. And uh, so we decided – Look, if we're going to do it, let's structure, make sure we get the best outcome for everybody and, and care for the company as best as we can. Let's do it together. But it was the one thing that he and I 
uh, it was the one probably hardest conversation he and I had uh, um, uh, in our arc. Uh, we hmm. were usually lockstep on everything else. And even on this, at the end of the day, it's one version of a great outcome. And if we didn't do it that way, you know what? You'd never know. You never know. A private equity firm could have been, you know, a venture firm could have gotten scared and sure. just sold us off hard. So you never know. There is no right answer to it. This is one version of a great outcome. And it's certainly been a great outcome. And I couldn't be more thrilled. Not that eBay was a bad place. Couldn't be more thrilled for Magenta that it's out and defended again. I absolutely adore that. Mm. I, I do have to say that I'm, I'm for all of the sort of, I don't know, there, there, there was some sort of negative rhetoric around eBay in general uh, during the time that Magento was there. Uh, and that can sort of taint the way that you see that company in, uh, as a whole. Uh, but I think their their movement away from eBay Enterprise uh, and, and their refocus on what makes them unique has injected some new passion into that brand. They had a phenomenal presence at Shop Talk. Um, it was kind of incredible. Uh, and I felt like they were reinvigorated to some degree and you never want to see anyone fail, right? Like I, 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 I want to see them succeed, um, you know, with or without Magento, I want them to succeed. And I'm glad Magento was able to come through that sort of, uh, for the better and, and certainly to retain its own brand on the way through. That's kind of the thing I always say is that that's the best part of that whole story. Um, it is, you know, but uh, Caitlin, I don't. You're, you're being kind of quiet. I don't want to hog the whole conversation. Oh no, no, no. Um, I, I was, I was, as you were talking about, that, I was wondering if you had any thoughts on on Premira, um, as a, as a private equity firm, uh, or you know, the recent investment from from Hill House. So, while I, we're just putting everything out there, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, I've met the guys a couple times personally, and certainly when um, I, uh, I actually pinged for. Oh, let me go back on eBay. Uh, the eBay journey, again, that was one version of a good journey. Uh, there was, I think the X-Stock Commerce uh, was a, um, a tar pit for us. And it took, you know, every, it, it took 90% of my time when I was there before I checked out uh, to, you know, stop, to, to keep us from getting sucked in as deep as I could from a branding standpoint, from an event standpoint, from the, everything that we were, that was going on. And as you know, uh, our, our phenomenally talented CTO named Yoav tapped out early because of that. Yeah. Uh, that same thing. So the, the eBay itself, I love Donahoe. I love Bob Swan, the CFO. Donahoe and eBay, what he did there, eBay is one of the very few dot-com one companies that is still alive and vibrant. <laughs> and what Donahoe did is he wanted to stand in front of the world and say, I have an audience, eBay. I have weapons. Look at all the cool stuff. I have payments. I even have services, pick, pack, and ship, warehousing, yeah. you know, uh, customer service. Retailer, I have it all. It's all for you. I don't compete with you. It's his way of saying F you Amazon, right? Yeah. I thought I thought it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think so. I like that. I like the puzzle pieces coming together. The, you know, again, the tar pit we got stuck in was X. And that was a that that took probably a year and a half out of the gallop, out of Magento's technology and everything else. And uh so the eBay arc was great. I think um your question about the the, the current guys, when when Don when as soon as Donahoe announced or eBay announced they were gonna sell PayPal. I pinged Donahoe and said, uh, hey, gee golly, um, 
what you going to do with Magento? And, uh, <laughs> and he said, I'll let you know once I can let everybody know. And that's when I found out from uh, that they were going to sell it as a stack, you know, the whole eBay enterprise. And I got mm-hmm. a lot of calls from a lot of people out there and a lot of private equity, a lot of very well-known uh, software companies about, you know, do I, you know, what's my point of view on it? Do I want to get overly involved in it, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I didn't, I, I had some interactions with the Premier guys, uh, in particular after just talking to them, meeting them. I'm, I like these guys. I think a lot of private equity guys, uh, a lot of private equity uh, people, uh, they, uh, you know, uh, people don't know this about, and these, they don't understand the difference by and large between venture and private equity mm-hmm. at, in an ethos. Venture is poor as much resources on something, and it's either going to be a zero or it's going to be billions. And that's the goal. And it truly is, and it's not dumb. They play the hand that way, and, and you have to play each individual card that way. Private equity is rule number one, don't screw up, uh, 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 don't screw up the underlying, underlying asset. No, rule number one, build the company five to eight, um, excuse me, five to 15% a year. Rule number two, don't screw up the under, underpinning asset because we bought it. It's an asset. The private equity is more like an investing guy, person, right? Mm-hmm. Rule number three, if you've got a wild hair and you want to do something crazy, just remember rule number whatever, two, don't <laughs> screw up the un- underlying asset. And uh, so the Primera guys, they're a little bit more, they're playing Magento a little bit more like uh, venture private equity or later stage uh, venture. And I'm really, really love what they're doing. I mean, the idea that they're leaning in, I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I think it's, there's, uh, I think there's capital risk, you know, that's been involved with uh, Magento. I think they're, everybody will have, a, I think they'll have a great outcome out of it if, you know, they just keep this, uh, the ship steady. And I think they're doing great things. So I, I actually really like it. I mean, to meet them as people, uh, you know, I like their mojo. I think they're they, <laughs> I think they fit in the Magento community pretty well. Yeah, who was the one guy last year who had that sort of ballsy mic drop <laughs> with uh, the Magic oh, yeah. Johnson? You remember that? Yeah, I, I remember the moment. I don't remember which which partner it was. Yeah. That was awesome. That was really yeah. awesome. I, I kind of love that uh, that it came from them, and uh, it was sort of a, a magic moment to say, "I think we're in good hands." You know? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. You yeah. you felt it. You felt like these guys are in the the, the right kind of guys. Yeah, you know, right kind of people out there. The, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I was just thinking of something. Um, uh, you were, uh, I, I want to touch on something that, because um, uh, I, I, we've talked about all these, you know, great successes. Certainly I've had a, uh, enough, you know, things that have been zeros, right? You know, when you talk about the venture game or early stage, you, you end up with zeros. Mm. Uh, but uh, I think I had shared with uh, you guys uh, uh, one of my kind of biggest misses was early on, again, I was selling PCs online early. And actually, it was a website, and you called an 800 number, and it went to Packard Bell's call center. <laughs> and uh, and then later, you know, we kind of marched it along. Um, and uh, Jeff Bezos moved into Seattle. <laughs> and, and Yeah, and I met him at a party. There was a small a buddy of mine. He worked at Macaw, which became uh, Macaw Cellular, which became AT&T Cellular and et cetera. Uh, and he had a party over at his house. I met him. We were talking, and he, you know, asked me what what I was what I was doing. I told him I'm selling stuff. He's like, you know, you're kidding me. That's great. And so he told me, he goes, hey, would you would you uh, 
come have lunch and basically he talked to me during lunch about with his wife um we went out to lunch uh we talked and then we went back to you know his uh um his his office which was i think maybe 12 15 people total engineers mostly uh gearing out on you know making the site live i think he, he gave me a beta code to go in and um and kind of buy a book but the conversation was really about <laughs> hey you know we're looking for a head of of marketing you know uh what do you think and uh hmm. and i can pay you fifty thousand dollars a year and give you in essence a shit ton of stock and i looked at jeff i had a house i, I had two kids i yeah. had a wife i said you know i can't i i i just can't i'm sorry Whoops. i can't <laughs> Exactly. I would, I'd own most of LA right now if I said yes. <laughs> but there's, yeah. There's, so this there's, is like way before like the time person of the year cover. This is like, oh. this is way before Amazon was a thing. Okay. So let me tell you. So about six, eight months later, he calls me and, and it says, Hey, Bob, I know you're really networked in Seattle. I want to start raising money. It's my first round. I forgot how much it was, but each unit's going to be $200,000 a unit. I don't want any investors. People can split them up. Would you help, you know, would you help me source some of these people? And I'm like, you know, Jeff, I love it, except 200000 for a unit in Seattle because he had come from New York. I said, it's pretty big for Seattle. I mean, we're all kind of new to this investing game and it's exciting. But uh, And I said, I'm also schlepping from, you know, uh, Seattle to Salt Lake City to L.A. or to Sacramento at the time for Packard Bell Computers. I just don't have a lot of time. Anyway, I'll, let me give you the numbers. If you invested in that round, so that was six, eight months after I met him. If you invested in that round, and I know guys that split units up, and I know guys that took full units, but mm-hmm. let's say you put in, in particular, somebody you know I know that put in thirty thousand uh, dollars. The company went public, I think, a year and a half later, or something, not too long later. That thirty thousand dollars was worth three million. You had to hold. You had to hold for six months. So I remember texting back and forth with my buddies saying, wow. are you sweating? And they'd say, no, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, three months, you know, three days and 22 hours left, right? So they, they were watching, <laughs> you know, they were handcuffed for six months. And then Blodgett, Henry Blodgett, you know, uh, old Wall Street, a uh, young Wall Street analyst who now does, um, uh, he's done some, uh, I forgot the name of the, it's a big media company. Anyway, Henry uh, came out and said, Amazon will be a thousand dollar stock and it took off like a rocket. So the handcuff, you put it in at 30, it went public at 3 million, not that long after. And six months later, it was worth 30 million. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was, and, and you look at Seattle now between Starbucks, Costco, oh, yeah. Amazon, all these things. My God, the, uh, that, that place is going crazy. I mean, knock it off, Seattle. You're just showing off at this point. You, <laughs> I also, you, you changed yeah. music forever, and then you yeah, go and yeah, change exactly. retail. It's and crazy. Coffee. Yeah. And Unbelievable. I, I, I could riff on Amazon. I think actually there's an issue there. I think they're, they are at the epicenter. Wall Street not allowing them not to make any money is, is fueling them to consume companies left and right. Yeah, and, you know, come down. Some should be dead anyway, uh, but a lot of really great companies, and it's really creating this, you know, Wall Street crisis. And um, hmm. uh, I had this conversation with uh, with Blake Nordstrom, CEO of Nordstrom, uh, say a year and a half ago, and we were just talking about it. He talked about his corporate development guy, Ken, 
who's a really smart guy that was bought, you know, that I, uh, that bought a bunch of those companies that, you know, you know, Nordstrom's either invested in like Bonobos or uh Holt look that they bought or, yeah. um, uh, trunk club that they bought. And, uh, and we were just talking about it. And I said, look, I think it's, they're, it's almost like a, the mortgage crisis. They're fueling, there's a fueling of creating this false sense of et cetera, that's giving cheap money into this market, allowing them to take down companies that shouldn't be taken down. And I'm just ranting about this. And then he stops me and he goes, you know what? He goes, Ken's got another theory. It's called the wildebeest theory. And I'm like, okay, tell me about this. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, okay, picture all the retailers are just wildebeest out in the field. He goes, and Amazon is just this big, hungry, muscular lion up on the hills. And it gets hungry every once in a while, and it goes galloping and sprinting down there, and it just picks off the slowest-running wildebeest and chows it down. And it's, it's satiated for a while, and the wildebeest just keep wandering along. He goes, you know what? And we as Nordstrom, we just might be one of the wildebeests. We just may be at the front of the pack. And it's just going to take a time for that for that line to just keep showering <laughs> the well piece until they finally get to us. And uh, so I've now called that the uh, line and wildebeest theory. And I sent uh, and now on Blake's Blake and or Ken's desk they have a toy wildebeest and a lion. Oh, nice! Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, uh, Kevin. That's way better than your law of analytics. That's Jordan's <laughs> law of analytics, which is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that, 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 that one actually sounds plausible. Mage Talk is brought to you by MageMail. MageMail is the triggered email app for Magento. Triggered email can increase your revenue from 8 to even 12%. MageMail is easy and risk-free to try out, and it comes with a free concierge onboarding service. So all you have to do is sit back and watch the orders start to roll in. You can start your risk-free trial today at magemail.co. Mage Talk is brought to you by MageMojo, a 360-degree customer support Magento hosting company. 360-degree customer support means every facet of your store is under support when you're at MageMojo. That's everything from the performance of your store to code-level support in the Magento core, and even patches will be applied by MageMojo on your behalf without your having to worry about a single thing. They have the fastest SLA in the entire Magento hosting realm, and they'll even give you money to switch back to your old host if you don't like them. I want you to try them out today at magemojo.com. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O.com slash magetalk for a special offer. Mage Talk is brought to you by Commerce Hero. Have you ever had trouble finding a Magento developer, whether hiring in-house, looking for a freelancer, or trying to find an agency? We're solving exactly that problem by building a database of developers and agencies with rich profiles, including tags to indicate their specialties, projects they've worked on, endorsements from other developers, and ratings on work that's been completed. If you're interested in that, sign up for free at commercehero.io. I mean, that's that's such an interesting thing to think about. You know, Amazon really is sort of, um, gosh, they're so horizontal. They're in everything. Yeah, um, they, they really are. And and it's, uh, you know, even down to, uh, uh, you know, I, I had someone come wash my windows at my house via yeah. an Amazon service. And I, was, I just realized I was like, that was Angie's list. <laughs> like Amazon is is going after local services, too. It's a uh, it's it's kind of amazing. They are. They are. What's it? Was it uh, branded Angie's list? No, it was no. Branded, oh, 
else, right? No, it's Amazon services. It's like local services that bid out, you know, and have reviews that uh, sort of earn uh, kudos from the community, The your local. It's like hyper-local business uh, recommendation service. It's crazy. Yeah. Is um, Does Amazon still have Turk? I think yeah, so. Yeah, Mechanical Turk still exists. It's been chugging along for... I looked into that a few times a few years back. I think, yeah, I think it's still, yeah, of course. It's still going It sounds strong. like they're, they're probably pivoting more towards machine learning and AI, accomplishing yep. that sort of stuff down. You know, Turk has probably been used and 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 uh, as training data for certain tasks for the better part of a decade now. Um, you know, it's probably what gives them such an edge uh, in the voice field um, because mm. there's probably so much Turk, you know, voice to text transcription that's been done over the last you know, seven, eight years on Turk. It's interesting. There's so many businesses that are powered by that, especially, you know, law enforcement. Um, It's kind of, it's kind of an interesting, that in and of itself, I could probably talk about for hours, but it's law enforcement using law law enforcement and PI agencies um, uh, use Turk for, to farm out uh, going through, you know, going through hard drives, identifying computers, identifying people in photographs, um, whether content in in a photograph is of a sexually explicit nature, you know, yeah. if if it's a oh, minor, or gotcha. it's like it's an incredible amount of data that they farm through systems like that to to get data in an actual like in a period of time that doesn't like escape the statute of limitations. It's 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 sometimes very hard for, uh, especially uh, I have some friends that do um, forensic uh, data analysis, and uh, you wouldn't believe the amount of third party like overseas offshoring that happens in that business. It's kind of insane. That's amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. What, so what, what I, I always ask people this on future commerce. I know this is mage talk, but what, what do you think the next five years looks like? Bob? Wow. I think that's one of the reasons I haven't jumped on future talk. I got to answer yeah. hard questions like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking, back, looking back's a lot easier than looking yeah. forward. Gosh, isn't that true? Yeah, I again I think I think we at the highest level we touched on it before um I'll, you know I'll call it the you know the weaponization of industry and uh, I think some people are calling it industry 2.0 and it's it's the idea that um technology today is uh um uh, it's and I I I it hurts me even to say this but I don't mean it quite to this word but technology is now a commodity Right. It's uh, yeah. as as a tank or an airplane or a machine gun or a hand grenade. It's they're all t- they're all commodities that that is you're not going to out technological the next guy. You're not going to come up with, you know, even here we talk about it here at W Promote. It's no longer looking for the SEO guy, the magic wizard. It's really now core to what you do. Right. And technology is now core to what you do. You need best solid state weapons for who you are so you know you're a giant world power you need something else you're a guerrilla group you need something else but you need the best weapons that are out there and there's nobody out there in technology when i say it's a commodity there's nobody out there in technology that's going to go no 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 i'm only selling to him you can't have this right if you're selling technology it's gotten to a stability especially in commerce uh, it's gotten to a stability level that there's some great products. There's still a lot of innovation to be done, tons of innovation, but as soon, the cycles are happening faster and products are going from thoughts into solid state products really quickly. Yeah. So if it's a commodity, it's now, um, I, you know, it's incumbent for all these, all industries now to apply that, that technology, those weapons 
to their industry as quickly as they can uh, so that they can truly compete at it. And if that's true, number one, they need to get it, get that done. And number two, you know, I think it goes back to, I hate to say it, for, for a brand or a retailer, it goes back to, you know, Merchant 101. It's not about winning with technology. It's about losing without it. But you need to focus on your product, on your service, on your experience, on your supply chain, right? On, on, on just kind of how do I merchandise? How do I do things better? Because uh, all those weapons are highly available. So I think the number one, uh, our position is technology, I'll call it leaders out there, suppliers out there. Uh, I think it's a wonderful place. The, you know, the amount of untechnologicalized or unweaponized industries out there, brands out there, retailers out there is massive. And even ones with it, it's, you know, they're already three to five years old and they're behind the curve on it. Um, they yeah. all need the latest and greatest weapons. So I see that from an industry standpoint as really, really cool and exciting. Um, you know, from a, uh, you know, from just kind of from a all ships will rise from a you know, from a particular thing, uh, I love some of the stuff I think is fascinating once we scrape away at a little bit deeper into AI and what it can do, um, you know, as far as just understanding. I'm not, I've had some hard times throughout the, you know, whatever, 15, 20 years that the internet's been around that everybody talked about personalization. I think it's, I think we're not there. I don't think we're even close. And I'm not sure that we'll ever get there. I think it's got to be done differently. But I think AI uh, in, in applications around that, I think AR, so augmented reality yeah. versus, I, I love VR. I just freaking, you know, again, one of my kids is, is deep into it and he exposed me to it a couple of years ago. But I think AR, if you were at NRF, you saw demonstrations of people with VR you know, going shopping, et cetera. It's like, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> right? Yeah. But the AR guys where you could stand in an aisle and you could look at it, see colorfully and graphically what's selling, what's not selling, rearrange your aisles, do all kinds of crazy stuff with it. I think that's actually really, um, you know, I think that's really interesting stuff. So the overall weapons business is going to grow. And I, from an in innovation, I mean, it's going to grow a lot. And from an innovation standpoint, I think, um, I think those are the two that are interesting to me. Uh, I'm sure there's other stuff out there that is uh, as compelling, if not more. Do you think, uh, sorry, Kalen, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Do you think that the, uh, that global commerce is at risk with uh, a lot of the sort of political changes that are happening around the world? Do you see any pullback in that regard? You know, it's funny. It's, um, I heard somewhere today or yesterday, somebody said this. I'm like, wow. As, you know, if you look at what, what's going on, technology is making the, you know, it's dropping all barriers. Right. And that's what's been going on. That's why, you know, dropping barriers from communications to commerce to everything. And now, we're, but at the same time, out of a reaction to it, we're seeing states creating, you know, growing and creating barriers, you know. Uh, so I think it's actually... It's it's a really interesting thing. I don't think this, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think that this, you know, how do I say it? I don't think that the states win with barriers. Um, I don't. I I you know I've been uh, I've been around it, but I'm not a politician, so I can't. You know, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I I I'm I. I'm not trying to put you in a hard spot there. I'm just I'm curious. You know, as somebody who has, you know, you you have interest in a global. Uh, 
uh, logistics company. I mean, that might be something that's, you know, you have an interesting outlook. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, it's hard already to be global mm. logis- logistically. It's hard. <clears throat> it's one of the reasons, you know, this ultimate reach of what Tomando is going to be, kind of this framework. It's got all these, you know, we've got, um, you know, Euro carriers. We've got all kinds of stuff being woven in it. If if it's still doable, like if borders aren't shut down and locked down, but there's tariffs, tax processing, et cetera, and then it gets gooier, uh, the good thing is technology can enable that. And, uh, you know, again, Tomando in some sense is is make, trying to make uh, sense and ease and friction out of a messy world that we have today. Hmm. So, so actually, you know, it actually, uh, it's not perfect. I think it's messy enough. And so uh, I, I, I hate to see somebody spill some more, some more goo into the system. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is. You mentioned uh, the bifurcation in the Magento mm. ecosystem. So, mm. Yeah, 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 I did. Uh, you know, so this gets down to, um, first of all, you know, blessed uh, with the journey, um, uh, you know, with Magento and all the people that we had. I mean, we just had brilliant, you know, our mojo was let's just hire some brilliant athletes and let them run, give them rope. We knew there were opportunities we were dropping all day long early on with Magento uh, because – you know, we had to focus on the biggest one. We only had so many people, you know, and we brought in Moti and Baruch and we brought in Phil. And a lot of these guys had never been in this business and they just ran. You know, we did crazy stuff like Paul, uh, who was our first VP of support, uh, Paul Wallace. You know, we were about to hire somebody else and Roy and Yoab took off to meet Magento and I was going to follow or to Europe and I was following them like a week behind them. And I was trying to you know, lock and load on the sport guy. He gets this inbound from uh, resume, and it's Paul Wallace. And I get him on the phone. I get Roy and Yoav on the phone, and we're all talking to Paul. We're like, ooh, ooh, we really like this guy. <laughs> we told him, you know, we were so freaked out about getting a support guy. We, put, we told Paul to hop on an airplane, meet us in Paris for his interview. He got off the airplane, didn't sleep. And that, you know, this was the mode we were in, Brittany. She walked in the door. Brittany runs events. Brittany walked in the door. I looked at her and I'm like, you know, what she know about events? She's a young gal, yeah, et cetera. You know, I talked to her in two seconds. I knew she knew events. She ripped through the contract we had in, in, in place. We literally hired her on the spot. She didn't stay in the seat on the spot. And, um, and then we Ashley, who's still there, we actually hired her on the spot and put her right in the desk that day. <laughs> no, uh- so you do crazy things when you're in this growth, you know, early stage growth mode. And, and when I say crazy, it's actually um, it's actually fantastic. I mean, Jari, right? Jari was at, um, he was an inside sales guy at uh, yeah. in Utah, and he was supposed to uh, he was supposed to move to California, and something came up uh, a responsibility he wanted to take care of for another couple of years. And uh, he's the guy's a brilliant guy. Just give him rope and. God, that guy just did amazing stuff. So you do, you know, you just give people rope and you run when you're in kind of the startup mode. So when I talk about this bifurcation, we all grew companies like that early on. And we all, you know, we're all like, wow, geez, I can sell this. Gee, I can open up an SI. I can start to do development. I'm a developer. I can, I can start to start to, you know, do that. Then, um, and those are all good businesses, but then there became, um, there became a little bit of a, um, of a moment. And some of these guys, they got me nervous. I was like, guys, don't, you know, some of the SIs, I said, don't get out over your skis. And there's one that in Europe got out over its skis. And, hmm. and we went in with uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars to repair a client 
um, because they got out over their skis. It's nobody you know anymore. They're long gone. Um, but there's been this, 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 you, in my mind, we've got a, a bunch of great people and talent in all sectors of, uh, of the imagine, eco, uh, excuse me, of the Magento ecosystem. Mm-hmm. We've got developer led or technology led groups that are doing really cool stuff. But, uh, then we've got, I'll call it technology business led things. And some of these companies have grown to be, uh, yeah, I'll call it larger, a lot larger and more, more, um, I hate the word sophisticated, but just they're structured to be larger. Like, you know, the, yeah, I'll, I'll say the, you know, what is it? Bronto and, um, uh, you know, some of the guys that are out there, uh, have grown not just on top of Magento, but they've also grown, they're doing demand where they're doing, you know, ATG, they're doing yeah. hybrids, they're doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> uh, I think that there's a there's a bifurcation out there. I've seen the you know the hashtag out there, um, real Magento, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and my guess is I don't know, but I'm guessing it means this is the heart of Magento, right? Right, right. I think yeah. I think it was. I think at one point the the Magento hashtag was kind of getting spammed a lot, and so they they started that as an alternative. Um, but it, it tends to be that developer community. Um, yeah, like, like you're saying, probably yeah. see themselves as like we're we're kind of the heart of of, of Magento. Well, I, I guess it's a little bit. Uh, if I said, you know, um, it, it, it hmm, I would say it. if you're not real Magento, and I'm saying this is real Magento, then what's the other? Not, I mean, by just saying you're real Magento, you're kind of bifurcating stuff. Mm, right? Okay, I, yeah. I'm and, loving you to death right now. This is yeah, great. and it, it it worries me. It worries me a little bit, and it's a little bit like, uh, you know, we all live in neighborhoods. You have houses, and depending on you know, depending on kind of your life cycle and a bunch of stuff, somebody comes in, they want to put a stoplight in, they want to put a stop sign in, and maybe it's the younger folks want it because they got kids now and et cetera. And you got the old guard, the old people like, yeah, we haven't done that. That's not how we do it. We don't want to see change and et cetera. <laughs> and, and I'm saying Magento is a living organism that has to mature and grow. And it's going to change the way it does business. And everybody's got to kind of uh, morph with it. I think, look, if people – it doesn't mean the other – anybody – it doesn't mean everybody has to morph with it um, to be successful – I think they have to be accepting to it. And when I see that real Magento tag out there and some of the stuff I see out there, that, that uh, kind of a little bit of a us versus them in the ecosystem, I'm not talking yep. about us versus them at Magento. Yeah. I, I worry a little bit that let's take a deep breath and remember, number one, Magento has to grow uh, and mature the way it wants to grow and everybody will be successful. Um, and if you if you're saying real Magento, then who is everybody else? Are they not Magento? I used to even early on. I told the SIs, I really, uh, I you know, there's a couple of great SIs out there that uh, you know early on were doing demandware, and I'd walk into them, I go, and they kind of like kind of hide their logos all, you know, <laughs> put their screensavers up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say, guys, I you know, I grew up. My father was uh, had an insurance agency, and he had one main carrier, CNA, and then he had a couple others. And I would always talk to him. You put. 80% of your business in CNA. Why do you have these other ones? He goes, Bob, 
You never know when that guy at CNA in a big company is either going to drop dead or change his mind and decide he's doing it differently, and my business is at risk. Mm -hmm. So I would always tell the SIs out there, I'm okay with you doing that. I said, I got no problem with it. My one thing I always, <laughs> I always tell them is if I, bring you, if I bring you a lead and it's a Magento lead, it better be on Magento and not be on your other platform because otherwise I'm going to come in here and that foot of mine is going to be stuffed right up your intestines. <laughs> but but, there's, but there are a lot of these SIs, they, you know, uh, they matured their business and, and grew on a broader base. And I'm not saying you have to do more. You have to do outside of Magento. But I think the idea that everybody that's doing Magento in, some, in, in a real way is real Magento. I mean, it's, we need Magento to be what it is. Yeah. It needs to morph. It needs to grow. And um, I think, look, if, um, if people are feeling like they're getting left behind, then lean in and, uh, and decide how do you, you know, how do you lean in and adapt to, uh, you know, the direction that the market's going and the industry's going. Mm -hmm. Such a mm -hmm. great word because we, you know, I, I don't know. I'm guilty of this. I don't know if, if you feel this way, Kaylin, but I feel like around a certain school of people, I have to qualify myself that I was doing Magento in 2008. You know, I was doing Magento back then. That makes me real. You know, yep, that yep. makes me qualified and that somehow validates my contribution to the community. Uh, and I don't know. I, 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 feel, I feel like you've really touched on, you know, those days should be behind us. I really feel like we need to be looking more towards, it's not like, what have you done? It's what are you doing? Like, what, yep. what are you working on? Yeah, I mean, look, Magento, you know, they're going to buy other companies. They're going to, and every, you know, <laughs> you talked about getting, having to understand open source. Roy, for the first three months, I'd go and I'd go, Roy, why aren't we building this out? You know, he'd like, it was like he had a two by four in his hand. He'd whack me over the head. I had a jar, you know, normal commerce thinking or normal company building thinking out of my head. And it, mm. you know, it's, and it's deep in my DNA now, but you know, Magento, they're starting to buy assets that are, um, uh, that are in the ecosystem, which means they own parts that are, you know, become somewhat competitive or very competitive. And uh, it's okay. It's okay. And I think that, uh, I, I think, look, either there is, I've always, I always said that if, if that ever happened and we were never in our arc, we were never looking at really doing that. Um, but I always said, if it ever happened, my experience says people will keep doing business with you until there's no business to be got. Even if you have a, even if you own a competitor, they're going to keep coming to you as long as the friction, you know, the the net results of that math equation means they have healthy business from you. Mm. That said, it can change your market and force you to look at how do you react. You can't have Magento as a company or as an organization sit and wait. And just be what it is and not move forward. It's going to, you know, so, but it, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Play into it. And, <laughs> and as far as your heritage, I actually like, you know, I'm okay. You just started in 08. I think that's really cool. I think it does say something special about you that you've been through all these arcs. And I can ask you a lot of questions about this that perhaps the guy that started in 16 has no clue. And, and I, I, the heritage thing I think is great. I just, you know, there, but there is kind of this, there is a bifurcation. The heritage, I, I don't, you know, you're just an old guy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting old. I, yeah. I want I just want to grow up and, and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, live up to the Bob Schwartz legacy. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I want to accomplish like 15% of what, of what Bob's yeah, I know. <laughs> That's my goal. I'll tell you, I, like you guys, this is, you know, I listen to this podcast every week. I, uh, I, and actually Lavelle said a very, very, he said the best line. He goes, 
you guys talk slower than I uh, uh, normally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm li- I listen to almost all podcasts at 1.5, and uh, but it's I have a blast listening to it. I love uh, our world. We're really lucky because if you think about it, we're in an old world that's a major, large um, uh, industry, but everybody. Everybody I'd imagine, pretty much everybody I'd imagine in that audience in our ecosystem sees themselves as entrepreneurs. Even if they're working at a company, it's a really great place that we exist in. And the people around us, I mean, just brilliant people uh, in and around Magento in this whole kind of commerce, technology, retail. It's a really cool place to be. And uh, so I've been really blessed. And you know what? Um, uh, I've made, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to work with some great founders and they've done extremely well. And, uh, I just have a good time. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And I listened to your, I listened to your, uh, your podcast and, uh, I, it's, uh, very clear to me. You guys, have, <laughs> you guys have a, a great time and keep doing more and more things. I'm like, what you're now doing, you're now doing what? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, you know, what I think we've touched on is that, uh, and, we, and we felt this from from the beginning. There's uh, there has been a need for people to hear other people express what they're already thinking, and uh, and and in some ways, I I wouldn't ever say that we're a means of discovery um, because there's so much. You know, we we basically parrot back all the things. We find out stuff when you find out stuff. You know, we we don't have an inside track on anything, but to sort of give our two cents, uh, I that always helps me sort of feel like. Uh, well, I'm not the only person who has this frustration or I'm not the only person out here kind of uh, trying to fight fight it out. And uh, then you don't feel so alone. And that's what community is, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. trying to identify people like yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely is. And I love I love that about uh, I love that about what we what we found in Magento. Absolutely. Yeah. It's for the for for the like you know say the independent uh developers out there um that are maybe thinking about building a product or something like that you mentioned you're starting to look at you know more seed stage um founders and stuff like that are there any types of products or um uh, uh verticals or things like that that you think are interesting right now well, they they'd be looking for yeah yeah i think from a uh I'll say a growth stage, so I'll, or seed stage, but uh, or early stage, uh, uh, or growth. It to me, it's it's a little bit of the reverse. You know, we can bring experience to a team in growing and scaling a company. We can bring credibility, resources from around you know around the globe, and et cetera. We can help with all that. So the question is. Mm-hmm. We can only do a couple of these at a time on the growth stage, right? Um, and, uh, you know, where, what companies can we actually help deliver the most value to uh, that we think has, uh, you know, kind of that, that, that need? So, you know, I, uh, if it's a multi-time founder that's done this a million times, yeah, you know, it may, not, it may be that's a different type of relationship. But I really... You know, the idea that we can bring a lot of value to a company is number one. You know, it's number one. You know, our my first uh, filter that how can I really help? And a big part of it is, big part of what I do is I I've done operations a million times. I've done you know in around technology a lot. I mean, most of my career. Uh, and uh, it's really at the end of the day, if you look at me, I really get down at 
scraping away and understanding kind of what's what's the mission, what's the outcome of this company? How do we re, how do we position the conversation? And that drives where we're going, drives us into the market and things. So looking for companies that have that opportunity, I think are important to me. I think the weapons, the technology weapons are are I love those. I think there's some agency models out there that are pretty interesting. And then the other thing that we're really looking at uh, that I'm thinking about when you start to talk earlier and doing capital investing, um, uh, I like some of these, uh, I'll call it offshore, whether it's Europe or uh, Australia companies, uh, European or Australian companies that are trying to figure out how do we go global. Uh, because mm. that, that brings a whole nother way of understanding a business it brings a whole nother way of understanding capital and positioning and entering market and so that elevates our you know our ability to deliver value so um i'd say that you know those are the uh, those are the hottest um kind of the, uh, okay okay yeah. what uh when we said there's some interesting agency models out there obviously w promote is is an agency what are some of the uh, agency models that you find interesting well again i look at it uh i don't know I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to look at it. But I think some that are technology-enabled agencies are interesting. I think uh, you know, and I love the people. I got involved with you know One Hope Wine is a company. As I got out of Magento, it's because I love Jake Cloberdance. And oh, so if you don't know One Hope Wine, go to onehopewine.com. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's it's think Tom choose meets wine. It's every bottle is about good. There's Pinot is for ASPC or Pinot for Paws and etc. And no. If you don't, it's not like Tom's where you buy a bottle and we donate a bottle to somebody in, <laughs> in need. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a different. It's definitely a different model to it. But uh, he's grown that company, uh, and it's because I fell in love with Jake early on. I, he's a local guy. I know what he's doing. I really, uh, it's he's a first time founder, and I really like what he's doing. It had a, a cause bent to it, but you know what he's doing that's magical. He's got a a great wholesale retail bar distribution nationally, which is really cool. He's got direct-to-consumer on his online, which is which is good. Um, but he built this program called CEO Program, Cause Entrepreneur One Hope, CEO. And that's like the Stell and Dot rep. That's like the, um, yeah. you know, what those people. And they hold, they learn a little bit about the wine products. They have, you know, quote, parties. And instead of showing off accessories and drinking wine, you're just drinking wine and learning about the wine and the buying Find it, and they and they also go out and they sell to weddings, events, um, uh, corporate gifting, and etc. And they went, I think a, they closed off um, two years ago. They closed off the year with I think three hundred people, and now they've got over two. They closed off last year with over two thousand of these CEOs, and it's kind of at yeah. this inflection inflection point. And the reason I bring this up is if you ask me this question. I would have never said wine, mm. but he's, it's, I fell in love with Jake. I fell in love with what he was doing and he wanted, you know, part of his thing is enabling kind of both the direct business and actually all layers of the business with, uh, with technology. I thought that was interesting. So I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I can't tell you, you know, like a venture guy, hey, we're looking for, you know, mobile, <laughs> sure, mobile sure, SaaS sure. platform, AI. Yeah. It's all about the you're you're very much a relationship driven person, and I think everybody that knows you sees that, and it yeah. sounds like it's really all about the relationships. That's it's really what it is, and it's just and just to have enough conversation early on to say you know can we add some, enough value to it, you know to really um, to really help out. So, uh, wow, yeah, that's, that's uh, can I I don't want to close this conversation off. Actually, I want to keep it going. 
Uh, TikTok. I, yeah, I've, I'm uh, I'm running out of time. Actually, I, I I was thinking, you know, I would love to have you back. Maybe, uh, you know, six eight weeks, maybe post imagine, have you back and kind of continue to tell some of these stories. I know you've you've shared with us uh, in the past that you know such a uh, the huge influence that your father played in your life, mm-hmm. and um, and some of those. I, I'd love to hear more about the sort of the personal drive, and I think it would be really fitting maybe for uh, you know one of our other podcast properties too, to kind of continue that story and that conversation. I'm sure that people out there have questions for you and uh, you can continue the conversation with Bob on, uh, on Twitter. Um, Remember to tweet hashtag real magenta. (laughs) (laughs) Where, where can they reach you on, uh, on social media, Bob? Okay. Yeah. At Bob Schwartz, you can find me there or LinkedIn. Uh, Bob Schwartz, those are two, two best places to find me at, at Bob Schwartz, uh, S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z or LinkedIn. And I got to tell you guys, love your product and thank you for what you're doing. I'd love to hear more about kind of the business of and what you're doing offline sometime. (laughs) And, uh, and also, uh, you know, I'm really, I, all the listeners, anybody that's listening to this and to you guys, thank you for the invitation and thank you for, uh, you know, thank you for uh, letting me uh, be a, one of your stewards in the um, kind of the Magento arc. That was, it was, it's, it was an honor and I had a blast. Thank you. Uh, you're so welcome. And thank it's you all. You. Thank you all for listening. And, uh, and thank you, Bob, for joining us. And uh, re- remember you can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, make sure that you go to uh, imagine uh, magento.com and uh, check us out. They just put up a landing page about Mage Talk Live. Um, so you can hear more about that and uh, make sure you check our feeds because we're going to be dropping a lot of content in the next couple weeks. And uh, and hopefully we we'll see you at Imagine. If not, uh, you know, keep listening to the show uh, and uh, go out and do something awesome. And be real. Like, be real. Hashtag real Magento. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right, peace thanks, out. Guys. Bye. Awesome. Thanks. The other day, Angelica goes, she, uh, I saw the, uh, Juliet was eating like a frozen waffle, like yeah. a, like it had been cooked, <laughs> had you been from the microwave. And I was like, wow, you, you really haven't, you know, done some serious parenting until you've gotten to the point you fed your two-year-old a frozen, frozen waffle. Frozen waffle, like a literal frozen waffle. <laughs>